20th to 23rd of January 2016 and the annual meeting of the world's business elite in Davos for the World Economic Forum. With me to discuss what's been happening is Mike Ingram from BGC Partners. Now, Mike, I know you're not a huge fan of Davos, but it's certainly headline attention grabbing. So what have been the main points going forward? For me, it just seems to be the same old same old, same old. I mean, they're all agonising over income inequality. They're agonising over the sluggish pace of global growth. Uh, they're basically talking about, you know, reforming, liberalising markets. All of which I would add, the initial impact is actually deflationary, which I guess is probably not something the world actually needs at the moment. I can't help feeling if this is the best that you know we can offer up, then you know the outlook might be quite bleak indeed. You know, if I were them, I would I would I wouldn't be booking a return ticket. I would stay out there. Well, Osborne was out there recently. He said we're yeah, living in a toxic cocktail. Toxic I think. cocktail. That's yeah, it exactly. Know. So, do you think we'll be able to maybe find some solutions if the great minds meet and think, hey, this is what's going on. Let's do something. The great or minds is it? Meet, yes. <laughs> is that what's happening? Okay. I think there's something quite broken about the capitalist system. I think it served us very very well um, for arguably two, three hundred years. You've seen corporations which were once engines for wealth creation and redistribution and now it's that's actually working in reverse. I think that's very, very worrying. You know, governments are still in a situation where they're basically pandering to, to corporations. Yeah, we'll have a lower corporation tax and we'll have lighter regulation and so on and so forth. So what's the solution then? Certainly the sort of unbridled, you know, capitalism that we've seen is probably it's 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 its days are somewhat numbered and maybe some of the more German type environment where you've got sort of a more of a stakeholder situation it served the German economy pretty well I think you're, you're a real situation where you know a lot of people are feeling disengaged from the political environment we've seen some degree of political fragmentation across across Europe and elsewhere it is fractious I think there needs to be a new compact between um, business politics people but how's that going to happen I mean you've got some massively entrenched vested interests. You look at Davos and it's just incredibly self-referential. I mean, there's a certain amount of you know, backslapping and self-congratulation. It does worry me that political fragmentation that we are seeing and this real disaffection that, that we are seeing from, from the mainstream public, who don't feel they have a stake in what is going on, the policies which are supposedly being enacted in their name, whether that unwinds explosively. That's what really worries me. And I mean, maybe that's not an issue for, for, for me in my lifetime, perhaps. Yeah. But it does worry me because I think, you, you know, you, you do see the system under stress and you, the trajectory it's on at the moment, those stresses are only going to increase. Yeah. But is everything as bad as it seems? Because in conjunction with Davos, we've had the Oxfam stats that have come out, of course, and what have they said? Yeah. 62 of the richest people in the world hold the wealth of the rest of the world. Well, I didn't but, get a Christmas card from any of them. But so, that has yes. been largely discredited by the FT. So what do you make of these statistics? Is it just scaremongering? I, I think you can argue with the precise numbers, but I don't think anybody's really arguing that well, income inequality, wealth inequality is increased and QE, quantitative easing, has been described as you know a policy invented by the rich for the benefit of the rich. I would say if I was going to characterise QE it would be sort of you know spending money that we don't have on things we don't need for the benefit of people who don't care. You've seen median incomes in the US, UK, it's stagnate, they've gone nowhere. I had an interesting discussion with an asset manager who said, well, you know, things aren't as bad as, as they look because the GDP numbers are understated. I said, well, okay, so I follow this to its logical conclusion, or basically saying that average families are getting an even smaller slice of a pie, which you say is bigger. He went quite quiet at that point. So there is a problem, and, and it's quite interesting as well, isn't it, that even though you're seeing these incomes actually under, under 
stress in many advanced economies, productivity growth is very, very low. So you're saying, oh, we're cutting costs, cutting costs, cutting costs. Well, has it made people any more productive? Well, the, the figures would suggest not. So something's not working. Davos would do well to actually let some ordinary people in every once in a while, because I think this, you know, they're in this sort of bubble environment and they really need to talk to ordinary people who are, you know, trying to get by and the issues that they're faced with. And I'm not talking about the sort of handshaking and the nodding that they do every time they want to be elected. I mean, actually really engage with people. Yeah. And even if, uh, you know, they don't agree with, you know, various policy prescriptions, I think that we have a lot of credit for actually listening, really listening, as opposed to going through the motions, because that's certainly what it looks like at the moment. <laughs>